0: This theme has really been in our hearts for hope, and you see it, you know, even during the Christmas season, it's, it's back here on the wall behind us, just this idea of what it means to find hope and have hope and live with hope. You remember we talked, I think it's been three or four months ago, we talked a little bit about, about hope, and uh, there's, there's a verse, you're familiar with this verse, it's in Hebrews chapter 11, it's the very first verse, it says, Now faith is the assurance of what? It's of what we hope for. So our faith and our hope, they work together. So our faith is the assurance of the things that we have hoped for. Anybody ever felt like you lost your hope? You might feel like you've been, trying, you've been searching for hope. You're trying to find hope. Um, faith is the assurance of things we hope for. And ultimately, the reality is our hope has to be in Jesus. And the entire you know, point of this season is focusing on Jesus. I heard one pastor say it this way. At Easter, we celebrate the fact that, that Jesus got up. You know, He got up out of the grave. And on Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came down. That he came down and that he became God with us and he walked here on this earth and, and uh, we can find hope in that. And so we're just going to kind of go through uh, some things just to be an encouragement this Christmas season. Three things that we want to talk to you about uh, as we look at different aspects and different parts of the Christmas story this morning. So we're going to uh, we're going to jump into that. I'll let you take uh, point number one.
1: I just wanted to share uh, before when we were praying this last week and we would come back together and just talk and share what was on our hearts, I really felt like some in here would hear, find hope, and you're like, I don't need hope, I need peace, I don't need hope, I need some joy because my joy has gone, I don't need hope, and you just could keep going, but what, what I really felt as we were just praying and as I was just seeking the Lord about this is that. It comes back to where our hope is, what our hope is in. And if our hope is in Jesus, then we're going to have peace, you know. But if our hope is in getting that good, you know, that good result from the doctor, our hope is in our kids behaving, or our hope, if, it's, if your week's been like mine, if my hope is that my car doesn't go in the shop, if my air conditioner doesn't freeze up, the heater, AC unit outside. Anyways, all the things don't go wrong. How many of you know we're going to be left with no peace, no joy, no, I mean, a lot of no things. But when we choose to put our hope in him, those other things are a byproduct. Amen. So we can put our hope in Jesus, knowing that when my hope is in him, I will have peace. I may not have all the answers, but my hope is in him. And he does. All right. So I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. God, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you, Lord, that this church is yours. These people are yours. And God, you knew each and every person that was going to be here today. And I thank you, Lord, for the word that you've put on our hearts. Father, I pray, Lord, that you speak through us, Father, that you, God, reveal to each and every person what you want them to hear, what you need them to know, Father, what you want to help settle in their hearts. God, we know it is not about our words, but it is about you. So we pray, Lord, that you be glorified, that you just, you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So our first point today is find hope in the promise. Find hope in the promise. Luke 1, 26 through 31. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man named Joseph who was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. How many of you might be greatly troubled if the Lord came to you and said, Greetings, you highly, or the angel, Greetings, you highly and favored. It wasn't because she was some superhuman. She was a teenager. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, you highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Amen? Aren't you glad his kingdom will never end? How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Look, even Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail for no word from God will ever fail. So I think it's interesting how the angel shows up and not only reveals to Mary that hey, this is what's going to happen, Mary. You're going to you're going to bear a son. He's going to be the son of the most high God brought on by the Holy Spirit, not by natural means before she's married. But not only that, then reveals to her how her cousin Elizabeth is already pregnant who was barren. She knew she had been barren, right, because all this time they had wanted to have a child. So he not only reveals to her what's coming for her, but already what's happened for Elizabeth, what's happened for Elizabeth. And so, and tells her, of course, that she's going to give birth. Can you imagine the thoughts that Mary had to fight? Obviously, scripture doesn't say this. Scripture doesn't say, well, Mary thought this and Mary thought that, but I don't know about you, but, I mean, I just think about, like, I have a 13-year-old right now. And and we know, I mean, times were different, I know, back then. But I can't imagine what Mary, maybe the thoughts she had to fight. And maybe a lot of times, I know it's the same for us, the thoughts we fight. Even what the Lord's told us, we know it. What we're called to, we know it. What we're walking through, but we fight thoughts. We wonder what's coming. I don't know about you, maybe you're like me, you fight being awake at night because the thoughts just keep overtaking you, the what-ifs, the scenarios that you may play. And I can't imagine even encountering an angel, maybe what Mary could have gone through mentally playing, wait, I'm, I'm already promised to Joseph, but you're telling me I'm going to have a son, and how do I explain this to Joseph? How do I explain this to my family? How... I mean, all the many thoughts, I can't even imagine. And sometimes when we're walking through something we don't understand or we don't see coming, we tend to even maybe feel sorry for ourselves. And I don't know, Scripture doesn't say that Mary felt sorry for herself. But I just can't imagine, like I said, all the thoughts that Mary could have gone through that what a privilege to be able to carry the Son of God. But Scripture doesn't say it went blissfully for Mary. (laughs) It went perfectly I mean, she rode on a donkey all the way to the end. I mean, anyone that's carried a child, don't put me on a donkey when right now, let alone when I'm carrying a child. But she walked through hard to bring about a promise, a promise of, of the Son of God. And, and I think that sometimes, honestly, we almost, we overlook that, that, that God chose an ordinary teenager. We almost dehumanize Mary as if she was some superhuman that, that carried about this promise of the Son of God. And she was a teenage girl. And I, I, as we were preparing for this, I was reminded my grandma and my dad used to sing it, and I heard other people sing it. Maybe you've heard it. Has anyone heard Mary? Did you know? And these are some of the questions. This song came back to me as we were, as we were just um, preparing for this. And some of the lines in this song, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? And it hit me all the years. I could sing it to you. I'm not going to, but I could sing it to you word for word. But the reality of it was Mary didn't have a clue. One thing she knew. I'm called to bear the son of God. I'm called to bear the king of kings. And that's all I know. I don't know what's to come after that. I don't know what's to come. And I don't know about you, but maybe you've struggled because you didn't know how something was going to turn out. You worried because of the things that you didn't know. And just like Mary, I believe she had to make a choice to focus on the one thing she was called to carry out. The one thing the angel told her, the message from the Lord. But my question for you today is, are you spending time trying to know the many things instead of focusing on the one thing? And I know maybe you heard me ask that, and you're like, well, I got many things. I got kids, and I got a husband, and I got a job, and I got all these things that we're called to. I understand that completely. But what is the one thing you know today? Who is the one you know that we can choose to focus on that? Because when we do, we're not anxious. And maybe today you just f- say, I mean, I even saw some of y'all raise your hand about ready for Christmas to be over. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I feel like that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, can we please just get it behind us? We often do that to ourselves, making ourselves anxious, focused on many things instead of the one thing. While we're even here, while we're even celebrating this time of year, you know, it's not about the many gifts under the tree. It's not about the many Christmas parties or the, I mean, you name it. I could start naming kids' programs and all the things. It's about the one thing. And there may be a lot we don't know, but there's one thing we do. It's we serve the Most High God. It's His promises are true, that our God is faithful. Our God is good. Our God can be trusted.
0: the I was thinking about what you were saying, and... You know, we titled this point to, you know, find hope in the promise. And the reality is that Mary didn't know, you know, that you think about that song and the words of that song, Mary, did you know? And there's a lot that Mary did not know. But even the fact that she knew I have a promise from God. And sometimes, come on, you ever just had to hold on to the promise from God? I mean, you're just you're walking through life and it doesn't look anything like you thought it would. And so you just got to hold on to it. Like, I know that this is what God said. I know that this is what God's word says. And even even thinking about, you know, how many times did Mary have to overcome even things that people were saying about her? You know, in her situation and what she was walking through, or how many times, you know, we were talking about this as we were as we were talking this last week. How many times did Joseph think about Joseph? How many times did Joseph struggle and just not have to go there in his mind? You know, I mean, th- the Bible tells us that that he was planning to to quietly end the relationship, and an angel. You know, there's a dream, and an angel comes and says, "No, you don't have to be afraid." And how many times did how many times were they together, and 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 they walked through? You ever been you ever been walking through with somewhere with somebody, and then people start whispering, or when you get close to them, they stop whispering. Come on, <laughs> and how many times did they have to walk through that? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're walking through town. It's like, we've got to go get groceries. Come on, somebody. I know it like, I don't know what that looked like in their day. But it's like, we got to go get some groceries. And, and people are talking. They're like, you know, she says. And how, how many things did they have to even mentally overcome? Um, what would have happened if Mary would have clung to all the questions instead of trusting what she had been told? You know, what are people going to think? What if Joseph ends our relationship? Why am I having to endure the ridicule of being pregnant, you know, when I'm not married and having to try to explain this to people? Why am I having to travel? Come on. Why am I having to travel so far at this time when I'm about to give birth? You know, like, God, I'm trying to trust you. (laughs) But why am I, you know, why am I why am I on this donkey right now? (laughs) Right. You know, making this trip. Why can't we get a room? Why are we in, you know, you ever thought about that? Why why can we not like okay this is this this is your son, God? You ever done that to God? <laughs> am I the only one? <laughs> this is like, hey God, you did this. <laughs> why why can't we why can we not get a room or you know, why am I in this stinky stable? And uh we heard we heard this statement that's so powerful said, what if, what if the thing in your life that seems like it's going wrong is actually leading you to what's right? What if the thing in your life that actually seems like it's going wrong is actually the thing that God is using to lead you to what's right? Some, sometimes it just doesn't make sense to us. And we have to overcome things and we have to remain faithful to the Lord and we have to trust God. That's what faith is. It's trusting God. It's putting all of your weight on what God says and who God is, and I can't trust in my own understanding. I've got to trust in him. There was a, a statement that the angel Gabriel made. It was at the very end, and Amanda you know, read it a few times if you go back to those verses. And this is, this is the, the statement that he makes to Mary at the end of this encounter. He says, no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Now, I just jotted down some things, and I want you to think about this, and then I want to give you another perspective that I felt like the Lord put on my heart. Is The angel Gabriel, he, he informs Zechariah that Elizabeth's going to have a baby, and he informs Mary that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, and then he informs Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant because she was barren, and, and they're related, and so she would have known that, you know, my cousin can't have children, and, and the angel says, hey, and by the way, Not only is she pregnant, she's been pregnant for six months. You know, like she's she's in the sixth month of her pregnancy. Uh, The angel points out this miracle that's happened. And then to cap it all off, he tells Mary at the very end of this, he says, And no word from God will ever fail. Now, as I was thinking about this, if God's word says something or if God is telling you something, then it's going to happen. Because no word from God will ever fail. And the the word the angel was giving to Mary was also a word. Think about this. It was also a word that had been given several hundred years before. Now, I want you to think about, you you read through Isaiah. We're going to read a few verses later on in the message. But you think about Isaiah and Isaiah is prophesying several hundred years before the birth of Christ that this is going to happen. That's a word from God several hundred years before and all of these generations of people one after the other they're believing they're looking they're I know like the we have this promise the Messiah is coming and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like but this is what the prophet has told us and I picture in my mind when the angel Gabriel was telling Mary this and he said no word from God will ever fail not only was he saying hey what I have just told you will not will not fail no word from God will ever fail I picture in my mind that there would have been a thought that Several hundred years before, there was a word from God that this would happen. And even though it's several hundred years later, no word from God will ever fail. If God said it, it'll come to pass. And it may not be in our timeline. I heard a, a pastor preaching a message one time, and he was, he was elaborating on the fact that God does not live in time. He is outside of time. We see everything in time, God. I need this, and I need it this week. You know, like I've been praying for this. They were believing for it; it had been prophesied for several hundred years. They're they're believing for God's going to do this. God is outside of time, and every, there's there's instances in the Bible where it says, "And when the when the time had come, you know, when the in the fullness of time, when the time was right, you know, it's like God God knows better than we do. Imagine that." God knows better than we do, and so we have to lean into Him and trust. And we need to hope in the promise of God, not lean into our own understanding, but hope in the promise of God. Here's here's the second thing. Find hope seeking. Now, I want to read to you. Um, this is in Matthew chapter two. So, if you read the Christmas story, some you can read some in Matthew, uh, you read some in Luke, and you kind of you know piece it together to figure out you know the timelines and everything that happened. This is in Matthew chapter two. And I want to start in verse number one, and we're talking about seeking. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. And sending them to Bethlehem, he said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him so that I too may go and worship him. After that, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great delight. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh.
1: I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a time where you've just been fixated on the problems happening in your life? You know, I was naming to you just a a few that had happened this week briefly. And it's so easy to get fixated on those. But I, I believe that when we get fixated on the problems in our life, we miss the presence of God in our life. And, and we have a call, you know, I think about even we were talking about with Mary and how she could have had all these thoughts and one would have been Joseph, right? But, I, I think it's beautiful how Scripture not only, it, it tells us specifically that he was considering leaving quietly, yet an angel came. And, and I believe that so often we get caught up in concerned about the details instead of just trusting that God has the details. And if there's something you're called to do, he'll tell you. But if there's not, then you trust that he's got it taken care of. Because it doesn't say, well, Mary sorted it out, and she convinced him of the truth, and no. It says an angel came to Joseph. And and that you can trust that God will take care of the details that are stressing you right now. That you don't see the answer to right now. But that we don't want to miss the presence of God. And if we'll pause and choose to listen, if we'll pause and choose to receive, he wants to He wants to reveal to you what you need. And it may not be the answer you think you need, but it will be what you need. You know, we have a lost and found basket in the lobby. Um, Some of you may be like, oh, really? I didn't even know that. But, But I was thinking about this with our lost and found basket, and you go back there to get what's been lost, right? But so often we feel like, Maybe some of you today, when I said you feel like you've lost your joy, and even Andrea mentioned it during worship that God can restore your joy, that you're going to other things to find what you lost when there's only one place you need to go to find what you're looking for. You're missing joy? Good news. One place to go. You're missing peace? Good news. One place to go. look like you were going to say something.
0: Oh, no, you're fine.
1: <laughs> Instead of dwelling on what we feel like we've lost... That we begin seeking Jesus again. Some of us need to go back to Jesus to find the hope, the peace, the comfort. Some of us, truthfully, I've found myself in seasons where I'm honestly, I'm just hiding. I'm isolating. I'm staying in my house because it feels like I'll find my peace there. I'll keep my peace if I just stay in my house. Or or you're isolating and and you feel like maybe you're struggling with with blaming God for where you're at and, and maybe maybe you feel like, Hey, I, I'm I'm your daughter and I've done this or I'm your son and I've done this. And that it's time to come back to where you know where your help really comes from, where our hope is to be found. The decorations in this in the church this season, they're intentional. We we specifically asked the team when they were when we were talking about decorating for Christmas to put just for stars and they did a wonderful job but one of the reasons was something with stars I'm going to share with you I'm, I'm a facts girl I like just little interesting facts about things so so you get that today
0: does any does anybody go down that that rabbit trail like you start looking up something and then it has like a link in it and you click on that link and now you're reading something else and you start reading all the the interesting facts and you know and then before you know it you look up and it's like oh that was like an hour you know <laughs> like i just killed an hour looking up all this stuff but anyway <laughs> we like that
1: well i like interesting facts because it reminds us that god was he doesn't just do things because he does things You know, he doesn't make an animal just because, like, there's intention in it. He didn't make stars just because, and and so some facts about stars. Stars are actually made up of the same thing as the sun, but they're just much smaller. That, get this, this just blew my mind. So we sing little nursery rhymes, like twinkle, twinkle, little star, right? Prepare yourself. (laughs) I was like, mind blown, mind blown. We 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 sing twinkle, twinkle, little star. Do you know stars don't even twinkle? They don't technically twinkle. That it just appears like they do because of the density variation the temperature differences and the wind between the earth and the stars
0: so we're lying to (laughs) our kids come on somebody (laughs) we're singing these songs
1: and if you look up at the sky i'm sure many of you know this you can actually only see a small portion of of the stars but i believe the same is true in our lives that we don't even know half the promises If you look up at the stars, some of you just need to pause and look up at the stars. Because I remember when we first moved out to where we were at, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we can actually see the stars. And then I quit looking up at the stars because I got so busy running that we don't stop to even see the stars in the sky. And, you know, the stars are actually a sign of a promise being fulfilled when that star appeared. But so the same is true in our lives that we don't know half the things God is doing, What stars are we not seeing in our lives? What promises have we not realized yet? And in this promise that was sent, this one star that was put up in the sky, it's a symbol that reminds us that God always keeps his promises. And I believe that this star, it was sent because people knew, like they had already been told, like a Savior's coming, a Savior's coming. People were watching and waiting, or at least some were. But it was not just a promise that they were saved. It was a promise to be led. That star was leading them. God didn't just come to save you. He came to lead you. And some of us, we feel like we're wandering. We feel like we're lost, and God's here to lead you, too. He didn't just come to save you and, oh, good, I'm going to heaven. No, there's more to it than that. He wants to lead you. In this portion of the Christmas story, we read about the the magi or the wise men who saw a star and began a journey to find Jesus. Why did the wise men follow the star? One writer actually said that they had probably been watching the heavens for years, waiting for alignments that would foretell the birth of Jesus. And when they identified this certain alignment, they felt like it was time to get moving.
0: So we were talking about this and even asking this question. When you read about the wise men and them following the star, seeing the star and and They get up and they start moving and they're traveling to go find, you know, where Jesus is is born. The wise men saw the star because they were paying attention. (laughs) I think that in some of our lives, we're not seeing what God wants to do or where he's trying to lead us just simply because we're not slow enough to pay attention. And some of us just need to slow down and pay attention. And even when we were reading some of these things about how different people had different perspectives and different takes on, you know, why the wise men were following the star and and how long had they been watching for it. And how did things align just perfectly that it would form in a certain way that they would see it and know we need to get up and go because something significant is happening. And it was so interesting when we came across this that they said they had probably been watching they had been paying attention. They had been looking up for a while. I, I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. You know, even maybe even, t- you know, like what we would even do, you know, talking to each other like, did you see it today? Did you see it today? Like an anticipation that at some point this is going to happen. And they were paying attention. The wise men saw the star because they were looking for it. They were looking for it. Um. What if there are things that we desire in our lives, but we don't experience because we don't slow down enough to see it? And there are things that God wants to show you and ways that he wants to lead you. And and, you know, I I even think about Matthew 11, I believe it is where where Jesus says, if you're weary. Burden weighed down. Come to me, let me lead you. Let me guide you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think some of us just need to take the time to really, if we can just be honest, daily to stop for a moment and just say, God, where are you leading me today? I want to be aware. I want to be aware of what you're doing. I want to see where you're leading me. I want to see situations that you want me to speak into i want to see people that you want me to encounter today um someone someone had made this statement talking about the wise men and we're talking about seeking and just asking are we are we seeking the lord because this person i love this i said that they went through these these different statements and at the very end they said and wise men still seek him you know and it's kind of a play on words that the wise men were seeking him, but wise men, wise people, wise women, wise followers of Jesus, they're they're still seeking him. Every day they're still seeking him. And even some of these verses, Jeremiah, you know, the Lord is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29. And this is right after one verse that we that we we are so familiar with. You know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you, you know, hope in a future and to prosper you and for good and not evil. I mean, we can we can go through all these things. And then just a couple of verses later, he says. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God is not hiding from you. God is not hiding from you. Some of us have just, I mean, we have been talking about this so much over this last season of our lives. Like, like, what are, what are we possibly missing that God wants to do because we've so busied ourselves that we're not seeking him? We're not searching for him. We're not paying attention. We're not paying attention to what it is that, that, that God's trying to show us and how God's trying to lead us. Jesus even said this, and you've heard this. This is in Matthew 7. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And in part of that, he says, ask and it will be given to you. And look at what he says, seek and you will find. Somebody say, seek. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. And then he goes on, for everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus is saying, seek, seek. The wise men were looking for something. They were looking for, they, they were believing that it was going to happen. They were looking for what was going to happen. And when they saw it, they were like, we've got to go, we've got to search this out. We've got to pay attention. We've got to, we've got to go and seek out what is going on. And he even says, you know, they get there when, when, when he has this whole encounter with King Herod and it says, they were asking, where is he? Like, they, they get there, and they're like, hey, we're looking for somebody. We're looking for the child who was born to be the king of the Jews. Like, we're searching for him. We're seeking him out. And they're asking people, hey, where, where do you know where we can find him? This is who we're looking for. You know, the wise men, they search for Jesus, and they found him. And I would submit to you that that in our lives, when we search for God, when we search for the Lord, we will find him. If you seek, you will find. It may not be in your timing that you get everything that you want in the time that you want. But God has already said, hey, if, if, if you search for me, you'll find me. If you seek me, those who seek will find. And then here's the last thing. Hope in his name. Find hope in his name. Now, I want to read a few verses here. This first one is Isaiah seven fourteen, and I think this may have even been the verse for the day. maybe may have been yesterday when I was um, on the Bible app, but it says this, Therefore the Lord himself, come on, this is, this is prophecy, will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And then in Matthew chapter 1, in this portion of the Christmas story, it actually quotes that verse. It says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. In other words, it was fulfilled. It has happened, you know. I like when Jesus was was sitting there with all of the all of the leaders, and he, you know, opens up the scroll and he reads, and then he sits down, and he says, "Today in your hearing, this has happened. This has been fulfilled." I would have just loved to have been there in the moment <laughs> for Jesus to be like, "That's done," and everybody be looking around like, "What he just say? <laughs> like, did he really just say that?" And, and in this instance, like this portion of the Christmas story is saying, like, hey, this has been fulfilled. That behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then one, you know, one of the most famous verses, you know, a prophecy for uh, the Christmas season, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I think too often we're, too often we're focused on the names of our problems more than we're focused on the name (laughs) of our God. We, we, we have no problem naming our problem. We have no problem focusing on the name of our problem but I would submit to you that maybe we need to make a shift and begin to focus on this Christmas season the name or the names of our God.
1: Right. Philippians nine. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names. The name above all names. God gave him the name above every name. His name isn't just above your personal name. My personal name, his name is above every name that is thrown out there. Every name of every disease, every name of every trouble.
0: Come on, isn't that good news? (laughs) That's right. Sometimes we read stuff like that and we're just like, oh, that's that's good news. That's right. That's like, you name it, he's higher. You name it, he's greater.
1: Yeah.
0: You name it doesn't even compare yeah that God gave him the name above every other name anyways that's
1: right that's right Go ahead. you know there's the song Waymaker we've sang it many times but it says his name is above depression his name is above disease his name is above cancer and I just want to read to you some of the names titles you know we know I mean there's so many names that even scripture tells us um, you know El Shaddai he's our Elohim He's our Abba. And and I think so often we overlook the names of him when it defines who we're serving. He is all of those things. And even just titles, you know, he is our way maker. He's a miracle worker. He is a pro- promise keeper. Even the song. I love how Holy Spirit works. We believe in Holy Spirit. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and, and how Holy Spirit leads and speaks to us. And the worship team had no idea what we were talking about today. And the, the songs that we sang today. And, and what we're going to end with today. His name. All the names that he is. He is the Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is our Lord of Lords. He is our King of Kings. He is the great I am. He is Yahweh.
2: It wasn't just Jesus who was born. Jesus is amazing, but it was our wonderful counselor that was born. It was our everlasting father that was born. It was our prince of peace that was born. And please know that when we share this, we know what it's like to look and and grieve the loss of a loved one and not understand why they're not with you anymore and it to feel greater. But his name is greater and he wants to be your Prince of Peace. We know what it's like to have family and personally face uh, being diagnosed with something from the doctor that's terrifying that we just have to remind our souls His name is above every name. Maybe even in your job that you feel called to. And it just feels like a hot mess. In that mess, he is still your Messiah. And he wants to lead you. His name is above every name. And we want you to watch this video that reminds us of all his names. And I encourage you not to just watch it. But in the midst of everything that you walked into, maybe you're just thinking about all the things you need to do this week. I encourage you just to pause and just really watch and
1: remind yourself who our God is.
3: What name could contain such a glory? the cool breezes of Eden, brought from the infant earth, one arose, the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life, Adam, man, and as heaven waited short with breath, the creator spoke yet another, Eve, mother of all the living, so it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nations. Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God as the universe gasped into being, flinging rays of light from his presence to pierce the void to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color and he is mighty god shattering our darkness revealing our light our truth in him he was everlasting father when orphaned israel needed a father's touch when we with grief-stricken cheeks need the embrace of one who never leaves When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting Father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials. Shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor. God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years, breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title, what soul renown? this is our wonderful counselor. This is our mighty God. This is our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. What name could contain? Emmanuel, God with us. Yahweh, the great I am. What name could contain? The word of life, the light of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of all. We bow to the name that holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain such a glory? What name but Jesus? We cry Jesus. We cry holy is. The name.
0: The first time that I watched that video, and probably the second time, I was in tears thinking about all of the times in our lives when it's been a struggle. And life has been hard. And people have been lost. And when we've lost sight of what God wants to do. When we've been praying for something and we haven't seen it happen. When we've been believing for something and we're still waiting. And what's encouraging to me is the fact that every name, every title that the Bible talks about and how I love that it's all encapsulated in the name of Jesus. That his name will be Jesus and he will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And when you read through the scriptures and he's the great I am. Lord of all, King of kings. Mm. When you think about that, he's everything that you need. He's mighty God when you need mighty God. He's everlasting father. When you need a father. Mm. He's prince of peace when you feel anything but peace and one of my f- one of my favorites is when you just stop and think about the fact that and 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 he will be called Emmanuel which means God with us not God at a distance <laughs> not God in the sky not not God that you know i have to I have to say all of the right words to be able to reach him. But God with us in the flesh. That's powerful. That's amazing. That he came from heaven to earth, lived a sinless life. What we celebrate on Easter, that he died for you, got up out of the grave. And sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. To continue to be. God with you. And not just God with you. God in you. And when I just stop and think about the fact that anything that I need in my life. Regardless of what it is. He already is that. It's who he is. Love. Peace mighty God father to the fatherless it's powerful and we we just felt like and and I'll let Amanda share and and she'll kind of end today the worship team can go ahead and come back but man, we just felt so strongly in our hearts that there were people and maybe this isn't you and that's fine if it's not you that's awesome but that there will be people that are struggling, that are in a place right now where maybe you don't understand something, you don't get something, you don't feel like like God is near. You, you've busied yourself with everything you know going on around you and, and things in your life that you've stopped seeking him and you don't feel like he's close and you can't feel him. And we just wanted to remind you today that God is everything that you need. He is everything that you need. And I would encourage you homework. Look up and and go read all of the the scriptures and all the places in the Bible where it talks about how he's your provider. He's your creator. That he's with you. That he's the great I am. I love when he said to Moses, Moses said, who am I going to tell him sent me? He said, I am. Come again? I am, yeah. How can you even describe who he is? He's everything that you need.
1: Jeremiah 31, 25. For I will refresh the weary soul and replenish all who are weak. And I was reminded of O Holy Night, one of the lines, the weary soul rejoices. Even if your soul's weary today, you can choose to rejoice. Because we serve a God. His name is above every name. I felt strongly, specifically for this service, um, that there were some of you in here, you don't like this season because you're encountering, you experience a lot of family discord. And it just draws attention to it. So it it bothers your heart and you just want it to be over. But if you'll fix your eyes on the great I am, he'll give you peace.
2: He'll mend some things. There's specifically someone in here with some marital problems. He'll bring peace if you'll fix your eyes on the great I am, the name above every name. No matter what it is, There's some of you, there's someone in here and and there's a season that you feel like all you see is a clock ticking and you feel like it's running out and you keep asking God, what's next?
1: And it's just not time yet. So quit looking for what's next
2: and just focus on the right now and trust that when what's next comes, He'll show you when you need to know. Because just like Mary said
1: in the song, I know it's just a song, but I I honestly, I felt like when he showed me that, I'd heard it so many times, honestly, I just, I could sing it without thinking about it. There was many
2: things Mary didn't know, but just as we shared at the end of that, no word from God will ever fail. So you may be seeing family discord, but you remind your soul today, no word from God will ever fail. You may be waiting for this season and you say it's coming to an end Lord I need to know
1: I need to have answers Mary and Joseph I'm sure they wanted more answers but they didn't need that because they could cling to no word from God will ever fail no word from God will ever fail we felt specifically this part's in my notes all that was not in my in our notes but this we just felt strongly in preparing for this that there are just some of you in here you're just weary Maybe you're weary just because you're running. I mean, we were at a basketball tournament all day yesterday. Just we're there. Our kids are playing in a basketball tournament. I'm not going to lie. I'm tired today. You can feel weary, but we can choose to rejoice. To worship the great I am. Your spirit is new, but your soul is weary today. Maybe you need to speak to your soul. There's a scripture that actually specifically says that Mary told her soul to glorify God. In Psalm 62... How I many of you know David said it multiple times? I'm gonna tell my soul, and some of you today, you just gotta tell your soul what it's gonna do because you're trying to find the answers and you feel lost. And he says, "I'm not lost. I'm not lost." Psalm 62. He said to tell. He told his soul. David told his soul to wait in silence because his hope comes from God. In Psalm 103 David told his soul to bless the Lord. God is the one who can refresh your soul and replenish you today. Not just this season, every season. It's the season of hope. But this story, may we not become numb to what this story reminds us. That God went to great lengths to send His Son in miraculous ways so that we could live so that we could live, not just live, but live with hope. And, and I, I read this quote and it says the birth of Christ is the yes that surpasses all our prayers and the peace that surpasses all our fears. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as I read this last. Just if you would just close your eyes. The many distractions of this Christmas season, be it grief, rejection, anxiety, awkward situations, bills, more than there is money, past failures and disagreements, Jesus watches and patiently waits for us to ask for his help. He wants to be in the middle of the mess so he can straighten things out. If only we would invite him to take over. When we move our faith from the sidelines to the front lines, the Messiah can make something beautiful from a mess. Don't sit, don't soak, don't sour. Trust and believe so you can soar. It's not about trying our best. It is about trusting God will do
2: what he says he will do.
1: Is your tinsel in a tangle? Do you have a mess that needs to be unmangled? No matter what kind of stinking thinking we are going through. Look to God for the answer. His answer is Jesus. Savor the Savior this Christmas.
0: Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you. Our prayer team can go ahead and come down. And we're going to sing this last song, and it's simply called Names, and it just reminds us of who God is, just in a little simple way. It says that your names say it all. I say it all, you're everything that we need, everything that we could ever desire, everything that we could ever need in our lives, and so Lord, right now, we just thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to be here in your presence, and we know that you are here with us, and God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this season where we get to celebrate, not just giving gifts to people and putting up Christmas trees and, and hanging lights and things like that, but that we get to celebrate that you came down you came down to be God with us our everlasting father prince of peace mighty God And Lord I pray right now for every person that may be hurting in this season maybe even confused in this season that you would bring clarity because you can do that that you would bring hope because you can do that that you would bring peace and joy because you can do that Lord let us be people that seek your face that seek you above all else not just seek your hand but seek you above all else and as we sing this song I pray that we would be reminded of who you are that your name is above every name your name is above every name, and Holy Spirit. As we sing this song, I pray if there's anyone today who needs prayer for anything in their life, that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> hey, I I love I love Christmas personally, and uh, and I'm excited about this Friday uh, for one hour gathering, uh, right here in this room, and it's gonna it's gonna be. We have candlelight communion, the Christmas story, ultimate time where we gather together and celebrate, uh, celebrate Jesus, um, not celebrate ourselves. I mean, I, I just want to encourage you to show up on Friday at six o'clock and just with an attitude of worship, and just be ready for uh, for an opportunity for an hour. Come on, bring your kids with you. Don't stay home because of your kids. I think it's I think it's important for our kids sometimes to be with us to see us worship. Um, we don't ever want to be, you know, people. We've, we've talked about this where, uh, where our kids never get to see us lift our hands, never get to see us sing, you know, never get to see us worship. And we, we love what we get to do in kids' ministry and, and for all of those kids. But, man, there's something, there's something about your kids uh, being with you and uh, just having this family time to celebrate Christmas together, celebrate Jesus together. Tonight is our serve team party. So if you serve on any team, doesn't matter what team it is, any team, this is for you, we do these uh, every few months, we'll have uh, what we call serve team rallies, this one is specifically for uh, for a Christmas party, where we're going to hang out, we've got barbecue being catered in, come on somebody, it's going to be awesome, uh, they were talking about, uh, it's baked potato casserole, and I'm like, man, I don't know what that is, but I'm just excited to, to find out, <laughs> I don't know, I've heard it's really, really good, I mean, it came highly recommended, so uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to eat. Uh, we're going to have fellowship. We're going to play some games. And then we're going to be able to speak into uh, just really celebrating what God's done in 2022 and looking ahead into 2023 and uh, preparing for what's for on.